Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, June 1st, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 61, the first paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only, which begins with what usually happens and ends with confusion rather than harmony. Today's readers are Martha Z, Marge E, Christoph L, and Janice T M. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, May 31st, 2021 are 17,046 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 17046, and 17,047 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 17047. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Martha Z to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Martha C. I'm a compulsive overeater, uh, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Martha Z. I will now ask Mars E to read the OA 12 steps. I mean, 12 traditions is what I meant. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is Margie from Massachusetts. Uh, recovered but not cured. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for uh, letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you, Marge E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book, and we will be reading and commenting 
on the first paragraph on page 61, what usually happens through confusion rather than harmony. I will now ask Christoph L. to go ahead and read that for us. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much. My name is Christoph L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes, on the next occasion, still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of his, out of this world if he only manages well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? So again, I'm Christoph L. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, the thing that really is uh is getting me this morning out of this getting to me uh this morning here is that um what this describes for me and this describes me very well is how this is how this is where i hit the ceiling uh when i'm not working the program when i'm in the disease when i'm in the food this is describing a lot of a lot of goodwill sometimes even and I'm, I'm trying my very best to be, to be of service to others. Sometimes even I'm trying to be, uh, trying to make peace somewhere. I'm trying to run something, some event or some situation, and I can have the best intentions, um, but just the way that my mind works, my spirituality is concerned, I I cannot do very well. I can't. I can't be of service to others. I can't be anything other than in my head and, and do what I want. And that's because because of that blockage, that spiritual blockage that I, I don't have the connection to a higher power. I don't have the tools of this program in hand. And I I just run wild and I try to run the show. Now there's there's multiple things I could I could account for with myself for for a lot of these uh, paragraphs, um, one thing that comes to mind for me, I mean, for a couple of these sentences, one thing that comes to mind for me is that I used to be, I, I got fired a lot of times from a lot of jobs. And what would usually happen is I'm I'm an electrician, so I'm I'm you know pretty low on the totem pole when it comes to organizational or corporate uh, ladders. So what would typically happen, I would, I would come to a job or a new company or or some project and and uh, I would think to myself, okay, this is um, this is how this works out here and, and I would make up my opinion about the, the company and the job and I would 
I would uh, do a little bit of a um, of an inventory of that that job, and then I would find the biggest wig I could find. I would I would go to the most higher up person that would would even listen to me, and I would start maybe not directly, but um, clearly enough, I would start letting them know what they are doing wrong and how they should be doing things. And naturally, those people they don't they don't want to hear that from me. So um, sooner or later, I, I was always I was always fired um, because I was I was trying to run their show, and those people don't want to hear it. So today, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing any of that. And well, I'm I'm trying my best not to do any of that. Um, but it's a work in progress. So um, I'm just going to leave it at that and thank everyone for being here. Thank you so much. Have a great meeting. I pass. Thank you, Christoph. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 61 what usually happens through confusion rather than harmony, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. K-R? Wait a minute. Reba P? G-D-R? Yes. Okay, and after Judy R, but before Reva P, who was that? Katie F. Christina J. And Christina J. And Adrian N. Patricia C. Okay, wait, wait, I can't keep up here. Adrian N. And who was after Adrian? Patricia R. Amy G. Oh, was it NASA R? Yes, thanks. Okay, and I heard Amy G, but there was somebody else, I think, or maybe more than one. Who did I miss? Did you get Patricia C? No, that's who it was. Thank you. Okay, so let me tell you who I heard. Judy R., Katie F., Christina J., Reva P., Adrian N., Nessa R., Amy G., and Patricia C., and I think we I said Charles H., but somebody probably stepped on my name earlier. I gotcha, Charles H. You'll be coming up the rear here. Okay, Judy R. Go right ahead. Judy R. We're ready for you. Hi, I was talking, but I was unmuted. Hi, this is Judy R. Recovered compulsive overeater. I have so many notes on this long paragraph. You know, what happens? He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. So that's where I do more controlling things. I'll text my kids more. I'll repeat myself just to make sure. Are you sure you understand it? So I become more demanding, um, which is just, you know, another way of saying selfishness. I also have notes where it says um, he becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. You know, that is a downward spiral for me to lose my physical allergy recovery because I'll get more irritable, restless, all those character defects are kind of slamming into me, and then I don't have a choice, but I have to eat. And so, you know, I have notes here that I'm keeping score. I'm doing battle. I'm blaming people. If they would just do what I want, and it's like, 
through the step work, we get to see this. And, you know, yeah, am I perfect? Heck no. Am I going to fall short? Yes. But my 11th of nightly reviews haven't um, been horrible and showing some growth. But it's like, this is the key. When I lose this, when I start to be more controlling and try to handle my kids, my employees, my employer, um, I create chaos. And that is a direct line for me to eventually pick up the food. So I'm just grateful that um, I can live today free from the obsession, free from um, 100% black and white abstinent. Um, you know, it's just a gift, just a gift. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie R., not Judy R. Great. Um, Katie F. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I, I don't know how I got this idea, but somehow I got the idea when I was first in OA that I needed to orchestrate my life. I wasn't trying to orchestrate anybody else's. But as long as I got my life doing exactly what I wanted to do, then I wouldn't want to eat anymore. And, you know, if I just told my dad exactly what I thought about how, you know, he treated me growing up, then I would feel better and I wouldn't have to eat. If I got the job, if I, you know, pursued the career, then I wouldn't have to eat. And no one was more surprised than me when I started binging as if I stepped off a curb, and instead it was like I fell into an abyss, um, into a relapse that lasted almost a year, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see my way out of it. And I wasn't willing to do what I was told to do because I thought I had already done everything I'd been told to do, and it was just, it was just so confusing to me. Um, and instead, you know, I did, I was finally willing to do what I was told to do and actually work the steps. And today, my life for the last 33 years has been full of people not doing what I want them to do. It's been full of people not following my script. But I don't have to tell them that today, and I don't have to be miserable about it today. I can be happy and not living in the bedevilments, regardless of what's going on around me. And, you know, that it's... I was living the opposite of what this is trying to tell me. I just kept trying to orchestrate everything um, to find my happiness. And I just, it was, I just had it all backwards. So I'm so grateful that these, uh, we have such clear cut directions of what we're supposed to do. And um, my running the show is not, is not in there. And so I'm really grateful to, be uh, trudging this road with everyone and not seeking, um, you know, the Katie show of me being uh, blissfully happy all the time in my circumstances, that I can be happy no matter what's going on around me, and it can be pretty chaotic at times, but it, that doesn't have to ruin my serenity and drive me back to the food, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie S. Christina J., followed by Reba P. Christina J., it's your turn.
Oh, Christina, we don't hear you. Reba, are you available? Hello, this is Christina. Can you hear me? Oh, now we hear Christina. So, Reba, hold off. Go ahead, Christina. Lord, my phone wouldn't work. Goodness, okay. Challenge this morning from higher power. Thank you, God. Christina J. from the state of Washington this morning. You know, this paragraph exhausts me. (laughs) It exhausts me because I did this. Uh, From a young age with my career, I was chasing validation from a young age. And uh, I did it with my husband, too. I've done it with my husbands, you know, telling them how to do things and this and that. But mostly it was my career. And it just exhausts me to read this. And it's, it's exactly what happened. I exerted myself harder and harder because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to become famous. I was watching other people and what they were doing, and so I would do it. Uh, and it was just a whole exhausting journey, and I'm so grateful to be on the other side of that and to surrender that journey, to surrender this pushing and shoving and feeling angry and indignant and self-pitying and to, to stop self-seeking. Uh, and, oh, I was so good at being kind because, you see, I <laughs> I felt like it was my fault when things didn't come off. And I, well, don't you see, I'm trying to become famous. I've I've done, I've crossed all the dots. I've crossed all the dots. I've crossed all the T's. I've dotted all the ends of the sentences. Don't you know, can't you see I'm being perfect? I'm doing everything I think that you want me to do, and all I need you to do is open the gate and let this race, house, race horse out of the gate and let me do my thing. Because when you see me on stage, you're going to just know that I need to be famous because I'm going to change the world and the world's going to love me. So it was just a journey. And, boy, uh, about three years ago now I began to surrender this, and it's taken about three years to really let this go. But, you know, I... Um, I was a producer of my own confusion and many others in this. But this program, and what, you know, I have to say, I loved what the previous speaker said about always getting back to the food. This thing always brought me back to the food. I was miserable. I was twisted around in what I thought I wanted out of life. And, you know, 2020 is great hindsight because I, I see that now. I didn't see it before program. But see, everybody newcomers this program brings you to see things you never would see it it opens the gate inside your heart and you begin to see ways you're acting out and these things are bringing you well they brought me to the food because i was totally irritable restless and discontent all the time because i wasn't getting mine and uh, i didn't under i got jealous other people were getting theirs and i was doing exactly what they were doing and maybe even more and what was wrong well i'll tell you what was wrong God was letting me dance. God was letting me chase that carrot he really didn't want me to reach. That's the beauty I see today in this chasing and pushing and shoving and demanding and then being gracious and all this stuff. He didn't want me to get it because he wanted me to he wanted to show me things about that world that he didn't want me in that world. He wants my music and my songs and my soul to be of service to him and his people, not to be of service to the glorious house on the hill or the money in the bank. This is the beauty, because we have talents, but 
we have to let God run the show and, and take these talents to where he wants them to be used. So I'm very grateful for 2020 Hindsight, and this program is amazing. It brings you to the deepest truth. So hang in there, get in here and do it. Love you guys all. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Reva P., followed by Adrian N. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, this paragraph in particular and pages 60 to 63 show me, remind me what my life was like in the food, but they really show me what life can be like today if I'm abstinent and I'm not working the steps and I let go of God's hand and I lose my connection and I'm not in alignment with God and I start running things and I start being propelled by self-will and I don't know where I got this from, but you know, when things don't work out my way, what do I do? I try harder and I try harder and I try harder. And on the next page, it uses the term self-will run riot. And that's me. Um, like I can be the tornado. It's sort of like the, um, the compulsion, like it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And that word exert, you know, I just effort and effort and effort. Um, and I love the word delusion because it's an idea that I maintain that's even contradicted by reality. Like the evidence shows me that it's not working, but I do it anyway. Um, and I'm a victim. I am totally a victim here. This paragraph also reminds me about my if-onlys. If only people would behave, if only the boss was this, if only life worked like this, then I would be happy. And I'm trying and seeking this satisfaction and happiness, but you know why it doesn't work? Because it's based on the idea that I know better than God. I know how the world should run. I know how my neighbors should be. I know how my life should look like. And that's false. Um, that means I haven't really done step two. If God is bigger than me and God knows better and he's smart and he's got all this stuff, like who am I to say life should look a certain way? Um, and um, there was something else I wanted to say I can't think of. Um, I, just, I just love this because I can be this in a second. I can be this way in a second if I am not rigorously practicing my steps 10, 11, and 12 and harmony, you know, that just reminds me, when I align my will with God, when I'm in right harmony, then I can use my will. And that's what this program teaches me, the right use of the will. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Adrian N., followed by Nessa R. Hello, this is Adrian N. in Florida. I'm very nervous. Um, I don't often share, but um, this paragraph is so so me. It's so important to me. Um, I was the earth. I was the sun. You know, everything revolved around me and my wants and my likes and my dislikes, and I couldn't understand why People didn't go along with me. Why I wasn't worshipped like, you know, people worship the sun. And it just um, it just boggles my mind how I was so delusional in my thinking 
and I couldn't understand why people didn't want to be with me, why I didn't get along with people. And, um, you know, and I see that I still sometimes revert back to, to, to trying to run the show, to Adrian is the center of the universe, and, and everything revolves around what I want. And I I can't do that. I can't create reality to what I want. I have to learn to fit myself to what reality is. And um, I hope I'm making sense. (laughs) And I didn't time myself, so I think I talked long enough. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Adrian N., and there was still plenty of time. <laughs> Nessa R., followed by Amy G. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., um, recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, these were delusion. Um, I, um, I operated under a number of delusions. The first delusion was that my motives were so lofty that, you know, that was good enough. And another delusion was that um, I didn't want this for me. I wanted it for others, you know, for my family, for my employer. I wanted them to be happy, to be, you know, productive, you know, as the case may be. And I, and I pushed my will on both uh, and destroyed relationships. Uh, on both sides, you know, uh, my employer, when I, when I first, my first employer, when I, when I started right out of uh, uh, business school, um, I rose very rapidly to the corporate ladder. And the better I did, the more I tried to exert my will, um, you know, for the, for the better, for the, for the, for the, for the good of the company and for the good of my colleagues and my bosses and my, 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 uh, uh, subordinates and, and everybody, um, and it got and, and I was described, you know, by human resources a few times as a steamroller, a bulldozer, and I but I never toned it toned it down. I never really heeded their their comments. Uh, I came to a point I I was passed up for a promotion that I really really wanted, that I felt entitled to, that I was sh- sure uh, was going to be mine, that I deserved. Um, and when I didn't get it, I requested a transfer, and I got the transfer, uh, and then it was eventually um, demoted, and then eventually, you know, fired. And um, you know, I still didn't hear my my um, you know the messages. I didn't see the writing on the wall, uh, and I continued to push my will with my family, and I destroyed relationships. You know, my motto in those days used to be, "How can this not be God's will?" But obviously, it wasn't. It was my will. It was my will. Um, you know, I needless to say, I don't do that anymore. Um, thank God, it's. Uh, uh, I'm happy. I'm. I've worked very hard over the past nine and a half years that I've been recovered to restore relationships, especially with my family, to accept people the way they are, uh, imperfectly, but working on it to accept that everybody has their own goals and objectives. And that I don't even know what's good for me. How can I know what's good for, for everybody else? My God, you know, like um, what I thought was good for me got me to almost 200 pounds. I'm only 5'1", uh, and miserable, angry, depressed, 
uh, destroyed my relationships. How can I say that I cannot make myself happy, but I can make other people happy? Um, it just doesn't compute. It was uh, one of those other delusions. Um, so um, no delusions for me now. It's a much better life um, without them. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Amy G., followed by Patricia C. Thanks. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. Uh, you know, for me, I think it's important to review a couple paragraphs that, you know, we said we were at step three here. We were willing to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And I mean, I don't know about you all, but when I came to this program, finally, desperate and dying and doomed enough to work it, I was willing to admit that I was powerless over food, that my life had become unmanageable. And then I said, okay, you all said I need to believe in a power greater than myself. I'm like, okay, I got that. You know, after some willingness here and and reeling that I'm not the higher power here when it came to my food. And then step three, turn my will and my life over. Well, wait a minute. I thought my life was unmanageable just because of the food. So I'm just going to put the food down and then I'm going to be okay, right? Well, the reality is that unmanageability was not just from the food. Yes, I made my life crazy by the binging and the purging and all the crazy things that I did with my food. But these paragraphs are making it very clear that I need to turn my whole will and my life over to the care of God. Because why? The way I run my life is not a success, right? The paragraph before says that uh, any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Well, if I put myself in first person here and I ask myself these questions that are in this paragraph, you know, uh, then my life was not a success. My life was completely unmanageable. I was selfish, self-centered, irritable, egotistical, self-pitying, indignant, because I was a control freak. I thought that's how I was supposed to run my life, right? But this big book talks about a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And that's what I needed. My life was unmanageable you know, not just because of the food that I put in my mouth, but because of the way I live my life in a selfish and self-centered way and also a very immature way. And of course, when things didn't go my way, when Little Miss Control Freak didn't get her way, I became restless, irritable, and discontent over and over and over again. And what was my answer? To anesthetize myself with my allergic ingredients. Remember, this is a twofold disease, physical allergy, mental obsession. And I'd warped my mind with my thinking that it was always my best idea to wind up when I got restless, irritable, to put that food in my mouth. So how do I get a personality change? And what I feel these paragraphs paragraphs are doing are teeing up step four, which is in order to have that personality change, I need to understand how I live my life and how crazy that was and how unmanageable it was. And I need to change. How am I going to change? There's more to this disease than meets the mouth. So what am I going to do? I'm going to have to inventory. I'm going to have to take a look at my behaviors and my selfishness and my self-centeredness and help and with the power of this program and the rest of the steps, begin that personality change with the grace of God, the fellowship, you all, the steps and the tools to make those changes in myself so that I don't get restless, irritable, and discontent. Or when I do, I have a solution for it that's not the food. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you for sharing, Amy G. Patricia C., followed by Charles H. Hello, this is Patricia C. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, The first uh, time, I think, or 
yeah, I guess the first time when I was re- going through the steps and I read this paragraph, I just really did not relate. I was like, I am not type A. I am not a concerned person. And, and I think for um, in certain situations, that's true in that I know that I can't control people because like I've been around strong-willed people all my life and I just don't see how I could influence that. Um, but then uh, I, I listened to a podcast that suddenly drove it home where I realized that I especially can see that with my daughter um, and she's like nine years old about now. But I, I remembered moments when she was an infant when I would get so furious. Like this one time I decided, oh, I'm going inv- to, I want to do a mommy and me swimming class with her. And I, I go and I get this like swim wrap thing to hold her to my chest. Cause she's like, I don't know, six, 12 weeks old. I've got a swim diaper, you know, and it's, it's and the only class available is at like 6 a.m., which is very early for me at the time. Um, and I and it's cold outside, and I do all this stuff, and I go there, and and I'm too cheap to buy one of those infant car seats where you can carry them around. So I I brought this little foldable, tiny foldable chair, or swing or whatever you could put them in. Anyway, I show up, and the class is canceled because not enough people registered. And I go out to the car and I'm trying to set this little thing so I can set her down so I can put her in the car and, and it's not working out. And, and I get so mad that as soon as I, <laughs> I have her in my arms and I just throw the chair across the parking lot and scream at the top of my lungs. And I finally collect myself and I, I take her home and I'm like, that was not rational how furious I was. Like, how, why was I so angry? And, and I, for years, have been thinking about that. It will just come back to my memory. I'll be like, wow, that was crazy. That must just be newborn stuff. But then I read this and I'm like, that's what that was. And all of my kindheartedness that I wanted to teach you how to swim and I want to have this bonding experience. And it, this is how motherhood is going to be for me. But no, that was not the plan. And that was my will. And it was not going to work out that way. I didn't like that. I did all this work and then I didn't get what I worked hard for. Like I prepared for this and it's not happening. Um, and I just see that it was with her even throughout the years and, and, and all these bonding moments we're supposed to have. And then she's not experiencing the joy that I want to be happening right now. You can see that happening throughout like just her whole childhood. Um, and, and, and I see it also just in a practical sense whenever I'm on hold for something or like I have to press buttons on the phone to, to uh, talk to the right person. And by the time they get on the phone, I'm raging mad. And it's like, wow. Okay. I didn't think I was a control freak, but now I know. Now I know that this is me with my self-will, um, trying to wrest satisfaction and happiness out of the world, you know, and, and I've got my script of everyone's supposed to follow. My computer is supposed to work nice. as it's supposed to work in the time and all that. But anyway, just, just, um, I'm just really grateful to be reading that this morning to remind myself um, that I'm not fighting against people or things and it's thy will not my will be done. <laughs> Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Patricia C. Charles H. And then I'll take some more names. Sometimes a man becomes so dedicated to a righteous cause that he begins to think he is the cause. That is just human nature, right? And that's the smoke in my eyes. And, 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 and the smoke is always in front of the fire, you know. So, you know, and, and, and yeah, this is still step two, right? These, 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 for me, 
page 60, 61, and 62 is the, the bedevilment extension. And it has nothing to do with alcohol. It's the isms. I see me, right? That's all I see. I want to be the preacher. I want people to read from my script. And that's going to that's gonna build my self-esteem. But that is the smoke in my eyes, right? Like the jealousy, the comparing the spirit of, man, why they do this and why they doing that? And, you know, they doing too much. That is the that is the, the issue. That's a moral issue. Once I put the food down, right? Like like I want validation. I want you know, I want the Texas. I want I I'm doing service with an ulterior motive other than, you know, to carry the message to somebody else. These are the the, the plus size bedevilments, right? It's the smoke in my eyes. It is. It's a it's a killer. It's nasty. It's disgusting. I'm throwing subs at people. I could have did it better. You know, listening to a that's crazy. Listening to a special edition and be like, well, I would have said that. I wouldn't have said that. I keep it real. Embrace my feelings so that I can I can um, develop. Right. This is a developing program. This ain't no graduation. And every single day, the disease is gonna be like, hmm. What you going to do today, Charles? No, we cannot put a cap on how much 10 steps people should be doing. We can't put a cap on nothing. We have a suggestion. It's a daily reprieve based on the contingent of my spiritual maintenance. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Charles H. Okay. Um, if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 61 what usually happens through confusion rather than harmony, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. We've got room for four people. Amy K. I heard Pamela and Amy. Okay, I didn't catch Donna the other M. two. Donna M. Crystal T. And Maureen. Crystal T. Okay, I think that's it. So I have Pedro, Amy, Donna, and Crystal. And let me just take that one last name in case there is time. Victoria L. Flat E. Can you take Okay, I don't think we'll have time for both of you, but um, I added Victoria and Claire just in case. Pedro B, I believe it is. Go right ahead. And then Amy K. Good morning. Can, can I be heard? Yes, Hello? you can be heard, oh. Pedro. I heard you. I was Good just morning. muted already. All right. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service, and thanks, everybody, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with, with us Uh you are awesome. Uh, your recovery is uh, is real, and I'm so grateful to be part of this and be listening to to you people. Uh, so, what usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. What show? My show, right? The way I want it. You know, I was looking at uh, the paragraphs before, which is. Uh, the first requirement is that we be convinced that in any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And I, I find that, uh, for me, uh, my problem is described on the next page. If you say selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our troubles, 
I want what I want when I want it, however much I want it. And I don't care what anybody else says or thinks. And that's the bottom line for me. You know, recently I was listening to uh, Joe and Charlie, and, and uh, he basically really made it real clear for me. By by the way, I heard in here before that uh, clarity leads to freedom. Clarity is power, right? So if I know what my problem is, I might have a chance to, to be free. If I know what my problem is, if I'm clear about what my problem is, then I have the power to uh, to do something about it. So uh, uh, definitely, uh, you know, Joe and Charlie, they say that there's only two two ways I can go about my life. I can run my life on self-will or I can run my life on God's will. Is it, Can it be that simple? Yes, it's a simple program. It's a simple problem. Where's, where's my, my will gotten me? Miserable, restless, irritable, and discontent. Where's God's will? Well, you know, there's a line in the big book that I love, which it says, we're sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. Wouldn't that be God's will for us? So basically, really, what I need to do is seek God's will. Put my will aside. I need to be clear on what it is that I want. Oh, yeah, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want, oh, great, congratulations, Pedro. What does God want you to to do? What does God want you to be? That's what I need to be, seeking. Because it's in the seeking. This is what I learned in here. It's not in the finding. but So what it means is that I need to work a program on a daily basis. You know, I cannot, you know, I need to do it. I, I need to keep doing what got it good. If I stop doing what got it good, guess what? I'm doing my will, and my will will take me into insanity and death. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Pedro B. Amy K., followed by Donna M. Good morning. It's Amy K., and I am... Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. I'm very grateful to be here this morning. Ah, um, honestly, I'm not sure I'm on the right paragraph. I apologize, but what I keep hearing is if I don't know what's um, good for me, then how do I know what's good for anybody else? And that little piece about giving advice and um, thinking I know what's best and wanting to control everybody else, um, everybody else's behavior um, rather than looking at myself. That's what really gets me into trouble. Um, So I just can't hear that enough. Um, one of the things that I tend to to think about a lot is that I need to mind my own business. Um, and yeah, just stop trying to control what everybody else is doing, saying, thinking, um, and just look at myself. What am I doing, saying, and thinking, and and get some help? Because if I try to take care of that all on my own, it's going to be problematic too. 
So I think that's all I have today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Amy K. Donna M. Followed by Crystal P. Donna M. We don't hear you. May I be heard? Yes, there you are. Go ahead, Donna. Hi. I'm Donna. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to um, share on this paragraph today and to have listened to all the shares. Um, For me, what I took away was the part that says the actor becomes self-pitying. And in step six, when I look at, you know, what my defects do for me, um, making me the victim was a big reason why I chose to hold on to resentment, fear, um, self-seeking, and and dishonesty. And today, with God's help, I get to show up in my life differently today. Um, This past weekend, there was a conflict in in my family, and I needed to um, speak with a sister. and what I did was I just prayed. And and for me, prayer today is um, talking to God and listening to God. And it's a communication that happens through the day. Sometimes I think my husband might think I've lost it because I just simply say, God, what do you want me to do today? What am I to do in that conversation with my sister? And letting go of the outcome is a big thing. And just simply being of service. And I am so grateful that through this program, I get to do that today. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for your service. Uh, Bye. Thank you, Donna. Oh, thank you, Donna M. Crystal P. And it looks like there will be time for Victoria. Go ahead, Crystal P. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. When I think about this paragraph, I think the best example that comes to mind is um, how I tried to manipulate my mom and dad. Um, When my mom and dad started to have problems with their marriage, I decided that I was going to fix it. I became their marriage counselor. I became, in a weird way, like a wife to my dad and a husband to my mom. And I filled in all the spaces where where there were gaps. Uh, I was their buffer. They weren't allowed to have a single fight because I would jump in and, you know, make sure that I would just calm the waters at any point that I saw any emotions arise. Um, and I thought I was doing them a great service. I thought this was my duty as their daughter. Didn't consider the fact that I have, I'm absolutely not qualified to help anybody with their marriage, given that I haven't even had a boyfriend in my entire life. Uh, or any successful relationships really to speak of, uh, but that didn't matter because the truth is I wasn't doing any of this to actually be helpful. The truth is that my mom and dad had a job, and that was to keep me safe, to make me feel safe, and uh, they were not fulfilling that job, and I was going to make them do that. And I'm so grateful because once I got into program and I stopped you know, doing these things, I was so sure that they were going to get a divorce. I was so sure like the moment I stopped doing these things, you know, they're obviously going to get a divorce. And it was so humbling that the moment I stopped doing these things and stepped away, everybody in my life got better. Everybody got better. In fact, the, the most humbling thing is uh, when I stopped doing all of this, my parents got a dog 
and the dog made them so happy that it made their marriage better. After years of me trying and trying, the dog made everything better. You know, it just was God's way of showing me I don't know how I can't fix anything, and that's not my job to begin with. Today, the best part is I don't have to do any of that stuff. All I do is I work the steps, and God makes me into a loving daughter to them because today my parents are allowed to be human beings. They're allowed to be adults. They're allowed to make mistakes and be a bad husband or a bad wife or a good husband or a good wife. Either way, it doesn't change whether I am safe or not because they don't protect me. God protects me. And I never had to wake up a single day saying, today, Crystal, you're going to be patient with them, and today you're not going to control them and manipulate them. All I did was I worked the steps, and God turned me into a loving daughter because I don't know how to be one. And my favorite moment in program was when my sister turned to me in the car, and she said, you know, Crystal, I don't know how, but she was like, you've become such a joy to mom and dad. And I don't know how you're doing it because it doesn't even look like you're trying. And that was just such a gift to me because for first time, I'm not manipulating them. I'm not, they, they're not disappointing me. They have no job other than to just be my parents, and I get to love them unconditionally because of who God has made me in this program. Thanks for letting me share our thoughts. Thank you, Crystal P. Victoria, and I didn't get your last initial. And I'll just let Claire email. I don't think we're going to have time for Claire in this hour. Hi. Good morning. My name is Victoria L., as in Larry. And I'm a compulsive eater, and I live in Muncie, Indiana. And, um, wow, what a powerful meeting. Um, You know, I'm in a couple different 12-step programs. I probably qualify for all of them. But what I can tell you is this is one of the sections of the big book that I relate to the most why i've related so much to what so many people have shared and um for me you know i'm born a capricorn under the chinese zodiac the dragon so the tenacious mountain climber who goes into careers and wants to run the whole show and i've been put in positions of leadership and being in charge and that you know and in some case cases you know that's one thing that i excel at and not necessarily the place that I'm going to be in that puts me in the greatest place of humility and in God's will. And so whenever I get out of alignment with God's will, God removes everything from me. That's not God. Everything. The work goes, the house goes, the car goes. And I've gone from periods of success into, you know, great destitution. And um, what is it that I'm really searching for in this? Um, it's a sense of being okay. So what I've learned through doing multiple four steps in these programs, and in particular, Compulsive Eaters Anonymous, or, you know, Overeaters Anonymous is, first of all, this program is the hardest of all my 12-step programs. Um, it just kicks my butt on a regular basis. But what I'm doing is I am seeking external validation. I'm going outside myself to make myself feel Okay. And when I don't feel okay, I turn to the food. I'm not turning to my higher power. The other thing I've realized through my step work is that when I'm trying to be in control or to be in charge, it's because when I'm not in control and I'm not in charge, I feel really vulnerable. And then when I feel vulnerable, that's when the emotions of, you know, childhood trauma and everything else comes up that makes me want to turn to the food. I don't feel okay when I'm not in charge. And, you know, something someone said that I really related to was about the pushing the buttons on the customer service line, right? 
what a fabulous test of where I'm at and in terms of program or being in alignment with God's will. And peace and serenity is if I can stay calm while being put on hold or transferred 42 times over 45 minutes on a customer service line trying to get an answer to a question. And really the result of all of this is that I have to turn back within, turn to God, ask what God's will is for me in my life. And if I'm not feeling good, not playing the egomaniac with the self-confidence problem, but working the steps and being of service to others, cleaning house, trusting God, and helping others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria L. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, June 1st, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 17,051. That's 17051. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice PM please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. I sure will, Rebecca. Thank you. Um, and my name is Janice PM, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.